Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. The big show, the most important and critically guess it is recorded in our car, and this is a special episode. Ba-ba. Ba-ba. It's a mystery episode because my lovely wife and co-podcast partner doesn't know the topic. But it's also a special episode because we're going to do something that's really kind of different. We haven't really done too much of here on the podcast. And I don't know whether we're going to end up having a show notes type article written on this one or no. It may just be an independent little podcast we're going to put. Because we're going to we're going to go through a normal, everyday prepping discussion between Spice and myself. And... This is kind of a different, kind of a different deal because we don't normally do this in public. But I, I think I want to do this way so that you get an idea of how we, as a couple, both of whom are preppers, but both of whom have very distinct and different views on what is really important in prepping. I tend to be much more uh, equipment oriented. I tend to be much more that particular piece of hardware solves a problem, so we should get it, whereas she is much more of a, okay, how do I just deal with the lack of having something? Is that fair? Skills. Not just skills, but the la- yeah. dealing with the lack of having something. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about skills. This is what, I'm, what we're talking about today will have nothing to do with skills, whatever. Um, but... Since she doesn't know where I'm going with this, you know, um, certainly skills are more important than stuff. I think we both agree with that, absolutely. But for some things, you either have the stuff or you don't have the stuff. And you have to deal with having the stuff or not having the stuff. And is it worth the cost? Is it worth, what's the cost-benefits ratio? Here we go. How does it? How does it factor in our lifestyles? How much does it factor in storage space? Which becomes How a big much thing. effort we're willing to put into me? Whatever it is we get. Some things take zero maintenance, but they do take a lot of storage space. Some things are expensive up front, but once you get it, it just sits there and does its thing. Some things you can use. <clears throat> sorry. Some things you can use in every day. Drive. Yeah. Grab that thing. It's just falling all over the place. Sorry. The the recorder kept slipping. Some things you can use every day. Some things you'll never use unless the uh, stuff hits the fan. And I know our preferences. Stuff that you will never use unless the stuff hits the fan, it had better be... Vitally important. Vitally important, critical can't live without it in this situation type of a deal. And there's not many of those. We do not own many of those. Because, frankly... Low probability co- of need. Yeah, low probability of need. And if it is a high probability of need, even though it's very specific, we do actually ca- go ahead and store those. Let me give you an example. We actually have isolation clothing. Suits, gloves, face shields masks, the whole nine yards, to deal with a super blue type situation, if we have to. Because if you're in that situation, there's just really no other way of, you know, of getting through it than isolation to for the, for the caretaker. If you need to care for somebody. 
yeah, that means you, you just this is stuff you need. Now we don't have roomfuls of the stuff. We have enough to get us through one little episode, one episode for one of the two of us. Having said that, there's really no way around that. So we have that, but that's a that's one of the very few things that I think that we have that is maybe not a super high possible probability event. But even then, when we look at that stuff, the gloves we can use for other things, the masks we can use for other things, the face shields we can use for other things. You know, it's it's that's part of the process. So, shall we get into it? Sure. Okay. Generators. We haven't really talked about generators. We don't have a generator. Okay. We We've brought it up a time or two, but yeah, it's just in general. Um, generators are serious pros and cons. And I've been thinking more and more about a generator, but thinking about a generator is perfectly harmless. It doesn't cost you a dime to think about. There are pros and cons. And so I was, I'm getting to that point in time when I'm going to start bouncing the idea off of Spice to see if it's something that she, first of all, if she is for some reason completely opposed to it, it's not worth pursuing to me because this is not that big of a deal. That and I'm not completely opposed to a whole lot of things. So Yeah, there's very few things that she is completely. <laughs> at least in my mind, there are reasons when I am. Right. So when you look at a generator, and I say a generator because there's all kinds of generators too. And then we're in kind of a specific situation where we have a house in town on the grid. We have a cabin out at the place that's off the grid. And being off the grid limits us to the types of tools that we can use at the cabin. So that's a consideration that a lot of people won't have. Obviously, we have ice storms. Obviously, we have power outage because we're living in the Midwest. And everybody knows about that sort of thing. Now, we're not much into tailgating. And we're not really campers. And if we are, I just... I've never camped with a generator in my life. No. If, if I'm just, camping, it's probably going to be on a hiking trip, and I'm not bringing it. Or with possibly in a campground, which yeah. you're going to have, you can plug in. So we're not tailgaters. We don't go to football games and tailgate. So I know that's where a lot of people use their generators, these quiet ones, like the tailgate gen- thing. What we do, however, do need to do is have do a lot of work out of the cabin, and electrical tools are handy. Now, let's talk about the types of generators there are. <coughs> Excuse me. I apologize. I just got the cost today. I don't normally have the cost. I don't normally talk this much. I'm not the type of person who talks. This is our second podcast of the day, so I apologize. I'm normally a fairly silent person. I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. <laughs> Would you would I say you're generally a silent person? No. Hmm. But I wouldn't say you're super talkative either. I don't talk to you. I talk a lot more. <laughs> I don't talk to you. It's a professional hazard. Here you are, box. So, okay, let's talk about the different types of generators. First of all, you got the house generator. You put a pad out there. If the electricity at the house goes down, generator starts up. You run it off the big propane tank or, or whatever, and you... Just go on about your business, and it's like you haven't lost anything. They're big. They're expensive. 
they require zero storage because they just sit there. They're not at a risk to be stolen because you have to literally come in and unbolt them from the concrete. And then you have to unhook all the wire. I mean, they're just not a risk to be stolen. It's a big deal to steal one of those things. And with generators, generators being stolen is a real thing. They get stolen a lot. This is a high theft item. If we had one out at the cabin and it wasn't locked in the container, the shipping container, which is really difficult to break into, it would disappear. Absolutely. Without a doubt. And so, you've got the the pad-mounted things. I think with Spice, I think we can get together on this one and for us just absolutely eliminate that from the start. Not going to happen. No interest whatever in having one. I don't want one. I don't want one either. And they're big, they're expensive, they take a lot of fuel to run, yada, yada. I just don't want one. We have alternative heat in the house. We have alternative heat. Everything else we can do without. And you can open the window. Because we've got light. Light sources. The next step down is the big generator, but a portable one that can run much of the house. Is that an owl? No, that's a hawk. I was just getting a bad angle at it. I'm sorry, we had a, a bird fly in front of us. hawk that nearly landed on top of the car. We just had a really bad angle at it. So. Up the kilt. Anyway, kind of, a little hawk kind of busted my train of thought. Big generator. Big generator can do the whole house. Weighs a ton. Not literally, but weighs a lot. Sits out there and runs on gasoline. And I'm just going to talk about gasoline generators here. I know they make propane ones, but they're a little... And the really good propane generators are really... So I'm going to talk about gasoline generators. So the pros of a big gasoline generator is that it would run everything in the house that we would need to run. And for us, the key things running in our house would be our freezer, our refrigerator, maybe something to charge some batteries. A couple lights. A couple we're lights. Good. We're good. Although I wouldn't run a generator just to run a lot. Maybe a fan. Okay. Now, for us, and these are also something, because obviously these have to sit outside. A gasoline power generator will sit outside. The pros are we could keep our air conditioner on. No, no, okay, maybe not that big a generator. But we could keep our uh, uh, fans running, our lights running, our refrigerator running, our are uh, freezer running. The cons are, even though you're not putting that big a load on it, it's going to run through a lot of fuel, a lot of gasoline. And that gasoline has to be stored. Because if you're not storing the gasoline, how are, you, how are you going to do it? The gasoline not only has to be stored, but it has to be stabilized or otherwise taken care of. You have to swap it out a lot. This is a lot of fiddly stuff. And if you can't depend on it when you need it, you don't have a problem. That's right. And, you know, small gas engines, they just require some maintenance. you got to do the oil. you got to do the... Uh, and the gasoline has to be good gas. And these generators go through quite a bit of gas. You know, it varies by the generator, but it's like you'll go through five gallons quicker than you'll know it. Okay, I think it's safe to say... I think it's safe to say that we, as a, as a couple, have no interest whatever in a large generator. Truth. 
It's just this is not something it'd be difficult to move. It's too heavy for her to move by herself, and I would really. And so it'd be a two-person moving it around. We'd have to figure out a place to store this thing. Pretty, pretty safe to say this is right out. Not worth it. Not worth it. So, medium-sized generator has the same problems as a big generator with no real advantage for us because all we're going to be running is our either some, some power tools, refrigerator, freezer in emergency, and it just doesn't take that much to run those. And it has pretty much all the cons, except for it's a little less heavy, but it still takes up storage space, yada, yada. So, medium-sized generator? Nope. Out. But here comes, when you get to the, the final type of, well, there's two more types of generator. There's the small, quiet generator. And then there's the really, really, really inexpensive two-cylinder, or two-cycle, cylinder, two-cycle generators. The ones that run off like a weed eater mower that just run really basic stuff. Those are the two types that are left. So let's talk about them. Those generators, 2,000 watt amp, um, I'll have to go back and look that up. It's, it's a, I'm driving. I can't really do numbers and drive at the same time. But the smaller of the tailgating, that's what you call them, tailgating type generators. They put out power at about 60 decibels of noise, which is very quiet. You know, your neighbor's probably aren't even going to hear that you're running it. Unlike these others, if you have a big power outage, your neighbors are going to show up with these big generators with big with power cords saying, hey, can you run my refrigerator for me so I don't have all my food? That's a real thing. This one is quiet enough that unless there's it's just dead silence, nobody's probably going to hear it. They're designed to be portable. They weigh about 50 pounds. They're much more efficient on gasoline. They're very efficient on gasoline especially at a lower load. They'll run about eight hours on about a gallon of gas at a 25% load, at least the one I was looking at. Uh, I was looking at the uh, Harbor Freight version because they, they got pretty good ratings. I was looking at them. Cost about 500 bucks, so it's not insignificant money. I mean, it's actual money. On the downside... It's still a gasoline motor. You still have to have gasoline, or you still have to uh, maintain it. You still have to check the oil on the silly thing. Yada, yada. Does this solve enough problems to make it worth, A, the money, and B, the hassle? Just from a prepping perspective, I say it doesn't. Right. But there are other perspectives. Yeah. The, you're running the like running power tools, power tools at the, the cabin so that we can do our work. Um, yeah, that means. So I'd think my first thought there would be if we start building those other outbuildings we've been talking about doing there, where would need or could really benefit from having electric power tools? If nothing else, recharging the batteries that we're going through. So then that would make it a much more. It would be a prep, but it would also be a prep that had some payback for all the time and expense we were putting into it in the meantime. And then being able to have our 
freezer and refrigerator run for a while longer and a power outage would be a bonus rather than the main drive of having the thing. Right, you could charge the you could charge it up or run it for two hours and and that would keep a freezer you know frozen. But I really we, I'm not as worried about because we don't want to lose our food in our freezer or refrigerator, but there's nothing mission critical that we would just yeah. would kill us to lose. We freeze things we want to keep, not things we have to keep. And some of the stuff in our freezer is stuff you could refreeze if you had to. Yeah, it's stuff that wouldn't be hurt a lot by a couple of freeze-thaw cycles. Yeah. Like the uh, can of seeds garden we got in there. We've got some uh, batteries down there in the bottom, stuff like that. Yeah, we've got, and we've got some, um, uh, oh, what you call them. I, I have a whole bunch of those Coast Guard-approved rations. Lots of film. Not in that freezer. No, but we do have a freezer. I have a freezer just for... For film. But the film, I mean, I'm not worried. The film does could be refrozen. That's not a big deal. Yeah. I'm not worried about... That was on my list of refills. But yes, I do actually have a freezer just for my <laughs> film. That is true. That's not a prepper item. That's a salty... That is not a prepper likes item. To take pictures salty item. likes to take pictures. Yes. So, what do you think? I mean, is it worth getting into? Now, the little ones, they're very cheap. They're $100. I just... They're not reliable enough to me and valuable enough to me to consider them a prep. And they're loud. and they're, yeah. yeah, so if we got one of those, it would be because there was something particular we wanted to run out of the place, not because we needed a prep. But that is actually a, an option, too, because these, all these generators we're talking about have a built-in inverter. Now, we also have another option that you could do. And I've talked about doing before, but I've never really put the big... I've got a humongous inverter. And I've got a truck... DC to AC. Yeah, DC to AC inverter. I've got this really humongous um, pure sine wave inverter. And we're not going to get into all. I've got this inverter. And I've got all of the cabling to hook it up into the truck. So that we could use the truck to be a giant generator which would be as inefficient as all get out but we already own the truck right. and it's about to get parked but sold ooh our river We're getting is close to this bridge extremely high closed. yeah if it rains again upstream tonight or if they got as much rain in iowa as they were supposed to get we might be in the other bridge for a while yeah they uh, quincy illinois we're crossing the river at and the, the old uh bridge they have two bridges. One was built in the 80s, and the other one, well, way back. I don't know exactly when it built. Probably 60. Oh, no, no, no. This is the 60s. Yeah, I'd okay. say 40. I don't know. You can, look, you can Google it. The old Quincy. Uh, uh, yeah, it's probably a plaque on the base. Memorial Bridge in Quincy, Illinois. There's probably a plaque, but I'm not going to stop and read it. Nope. Nasty day. Uh, so, Memorial Bridge. But the, the bottom line is it's very low on one end. When they built the new bridge, the Bayview Bridge, they did something very, very smart. They built it much higher so that it won't flood. And additionally, they built all of the... Uh, uh, On and off the, exit areas. Yeah, all the exit areas. Are designed it so that you could run... The stoplights are all on pivot so you can turn them around. You can close one of the bridges. Just take 20 minutes worth of fixing the, fixing the uh, traffic light system flicking it over to the single bridge schedule, and you're good to go. So it was very, very smart. They and now they can like do maintenance on either bridge, because both bridges are set this way. They can do maintenance on either bridge and just shut the bridge off, and they've got the the 
roadway crossover thing perfectly set up. So it, it works really well. But we're thinking they're probably going to have to use that pretty soon because that's uh, water's uh, like almost hitting the deck. And they close it when the water hits the bottom of the deck. Because so. sometimes bridges just fall away when the water. That's quite yeah. a lot of force. Especially if you're putting extra. Uh, so. Yeah. Oh, that bridge probably won't burn. It's been through a lot. I mean, it's been feet underwater. So. For two months. Anywho. So, yeah. What do you think? I'm throwing it out there. I got a coupon. That's why I'm bringing it up. We're not buying it today. We don't do that. We don't do major purchases. Oh, let's think about it and just go win. buy it. First of all, we're, we're, our car is full of other stuff at the moment, and it wouldn't fit. So, uh, But even if it would, we don't do that. I was just throwing it out there. What do you think? What are your thought processes? Is it something you consider? Is it worth it? Is it not worth it? I would lean toward at such time as when we really need that kind of power tool out at the place worth the investment. Until that point in time, it's probably not, considering the level of upkeep it would require between now and then. Which actually is minimal if we don't use it. we got gas. But this is the process. This is what we're going through. This is how we decide things. I agree with you. I think that that's probably, it's worth looking at, it's worth shopping, it's worth deciding, hey, if we're going to be doing some point in time or if the need pops up, let's go ahead and get this one. That way we know what we're doing. We need to find a need to something. And if you see one on a really special sale, it may then become 10% is not that special of a sale. So I'm not really that concerned about a 10% sale. So, okay, that's the process. I was just walking you through our process of how we, as a prepping couple with both of us who are on board with it, go through just a discussion and what makes sense to us. We're, I think, much more intentional. And in collaborative. Pre- and collaborative in our prepping. We don't hide preps from each other. We don't... Uh, we don't spend Except big... the jars of peanut butter. I hide some of those <laughs> so they don't disappear too fast. Well, okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and the guns. I hide from the fact <laughs> that all the guns that I bought that you don't know about. She's laughing. No, we have, we have a rule in our house, and this is a firm rule. When a new con- com- gun comes in the house, we sit down and have a safety talk about that gun so that Everybody in the household, which is just her and Just me, both of us. Uh, knows how to at least break open the action of whatever it is, check to make sure that the gun isn't loaded, um, and clean it. So, you know, how the basic operation of every gun that comes in for most things, like if we were to buy a uh, an AR-15, you're just like, okay, it's an AR-15. <laughs> we already know how to do that. But if I were to come in and buy anything new, even if it's a bolt action... We sit down and we do it because yep. not every bolt comes out the same. It only takes two minutes and then everybody knows. So that's good. All right. Thank you for listening and uh, we'll catch you the next time.